good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, hit cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Ha-ho. Hey, Kargi. Welcome to all of our friends and relatives from all four directions. You are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and this is producer Haley Cherry. Uh, this portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Development Institute, or NACTI, in Minneapolis. And we're so thankful for their partnership and all of the positive work they're doing. And wow, what a treat. Uh, we have one of our weekly guests as our host today, guest hosting for Robert Pilot, uh, the president and CEO of NACD himself, Robert Lilligren. Uh, Pina Grigi, thank you so much, Robert, for yeah. joining me today and for bringing along a couple great guests. Yeah, Chimigwech Haley. Thanks for asking me. Thanks for supporting me in doing this guest host. Huge thanks to the Native Roots Radio and I'm Awake for, for having me on so regularly and, and to Robert Pilot, who is off doing important things in the world tonight. And so I'm honored to try to Try to fill his moccasins here. So, hello, my relatives. Uh, it's great to be here. Uh, and Haley, thanks for your kind words, and you're always so supportive of our work. And and we do have a couple of great guests coming up. The first one will be uh, uh, one of NACTI's newest employees. I think probably the newest. She, they are communications coordinator. It's M. Matson. They'll be talking to us about their involvement in the community and and the role at NACTI. And also uh, we have a very old friend and uh, super community member, Carrie Day Aspinwall, who will be joining us to talk about the work that she does as an independent contractor, but also she has been deeply involved in the community for her entire life. And she will have lots of interesting things to say. So I'm very excited to get into welcoming our guests uh, at this time. And so, uh, first up would be M. Matson, and I will let them introduce themselves, but I would just suffice it to say that um, M. has been with our organization just a short time. They are uh, filling an incredibly important role in, as communications coordinator, and they come to us with deep and rich experience in the community. So welcome, M. Thanks for being here. Hi, my relatives. Uh, I am M. Matson. Uh, I'm Sue St. Marie Ojibwe. And I'm I'm really grateful to be here. Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, thanks for saying yes. <laughs> so. so yeah, I'm I'm new to NACTI, but really enjoying uh, the work so far. Great. It's great having you around. You're just a, a great positive presence within the organization. And uh, I don't know, maybe you could just spend a few minutes talking about your, your background. I know you've been very engaged in a number of causes and organizations throughout the Native community. So, so, so enlighten us, please. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people know me, especially from uh, working with the Two-Spirit Society. I uh, got involved with them, oh gosh, years and years and years ago, uh, back when I was still trying to figure out what my identity was and found it was just a really welcoming community. Um, and since have been trying to work to to help other people feel that welcome energy, you know? Um, we recently, uh, in the past couple of years, have put on the Two-Spirit powwow. Uh, which I kind of fell into, as I do with a lot of my projects. Um, and I've really enjoyed creating like a safe space and creating a space where community members feel like they can ask questions and be mm. a part of a community that they might not uh, have a whole lot of knowledge about. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I love working in that space and I, I try to be kind of a connector of, of people and, and resources. So. Great. And I know you were involved in the Two-Spirit Powwow, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, helped what put that What was your role on. there? Yeah. Well, the first year, it was me and a few other coordinators. Uh, it just kind of happened. Uh, showed up to a few couple meetings and kept showing up. 
and the second year, I, I tried to take a little bit more of a backseat role. I did still end up coordinating a lot, but my kind of uh, baby of that year was working on a two-spirit zine. So I compiled right. a lot of art and poetry, beadwork um, to a zine to, to provide to attendees and even folks who didn't end up being able to make it to the event. Um, and we also use that as an opportunity to answer some people's questions, both for folks in the LGBT community whom were trying to support us as indigenous folks in their community and to indigenous folks who are less familiar with people in the LGBT community. We found that the Two-Spirit Power is a really good space for learning and um, connection from kind of a lot of communities, which has been really fun. Yeah, Chimi Gwich for that work. And I did attend this the Two-Spirit Powwow this summer and it was a great crowd. I was really impressed. Yes, even though we we had to be inside because of the weather, people still stuck around. It was really fun. Yeah, yeah, good good work. And and I love what you said, Em, about you you showed up and you just kept showing up. And with your level of activism, I'm sure you've heard the heard the saying, the world is run by those who show up. Right. So <laughs> sometimes that's just, that's just as uh, all it takes. And yes. that's kind of how I got into my sort of activism in public life, too, was just kind of showing up and, and taking up space and then figuring things out and building a network. And, yeah. and just I've had the benefit of looking at your resume as you were applying for your position at NACTI. And it's so impressive oh, and well, so broad. You. Yeah, you're welcome. And I, I wonder if... Um, if you want to just talk about some of your other experiences in the community. Yeah. So um, after I realized the corporate world wasn't for me, I've, mm. I've worked at a couple different nonprofits. Uh, I worked in North Minneapolis for a little bit at the Weber Camden Neighborhood Organization, um, which was really fun. Um, just getting to do a lot of on the ground stuff, working with people uh, very similar to our community, the indigenous community, just trying sure. to work with one another to share the resources available. Um, and after that, I worked with um, natives or uh, North mm -hmm. American indigenous, sorry, traditional indigenous food systems and uh, the indigenous food lab uh, and got to really spend a lot of time in the food sovereignty space, which I, I love spending time uh, talking about indigenous food sovereignty. Mm -hmm. It is so crucial and it is just so blossoming right now growing mm -hmm. if we're playing with puns um <laughs> but, budding, <laughs> budding you know any number right. uh, but it's really fun to to be surrounded by a, a lot of passionate folks in that industry as well or in that or, or eh, area yeah, I do love that space, the food sovereignty space. It's a space that NACTI works in as well through our four yes. sisters. Yeah. Food sovereignty initiatives, our farmer's market, our farm. And also you'll have lots of opportunity to support that work at NACTI as well. And so looking yes. forward to see seeing what happens there. And and, and I wonder, Amy, if you want to just talk about your role at NACTI and what your hopes and aspirations are. And, and so folks know NACTI is a... Is an asset-based community development intermediary here in Minneapolis. We're on the American Indian Cultural Corridor. We help Native people uh, realize the future that we envision for ourselves. And and we've needed this communication support that Emma is bringing us. And so, uh, yeah, if you'd like to talk a little about your work and what you hope to accomplish while you're at NACTI, please. Yeah. Um, one thing I really love about NACTI is the variety of programming and, and connections. So my work is largely communicating um, and connections for events, resources, partner organizations. Um, one really large part of my role is creating a resource directory of mm -hmm. Indigenous-owned, Indigenous-serving serve, um, organizations, uh, something that's physical and digital so that mm -hmm. our community knows where they can get resources, businesses that they can, you know, go visit and support, uh, just sort of have as, as a central hub, because there are so many 
really awesome organizations and businesses that I don't think a whole lot of people know how to get access to. So I'm really excited to, to start well, working on that. I am thrilled that you're with us to work on that. We had printed a resource guide about 10 years ago. People loved it. I think this next iteration might be web-based, app-based, like you're talking about. But there is so much interest in the community, and we're so glad you're here. So welcome, Em. And, and I look forward to seeing all the amazing things you do while you're at NACTI. Thanks. Yeah, thank well, that you. was great. It was great to learn more about you, M. And we got to take a quick, uh, short break here. But you are listening to Native Ritz Radio presents I'm Awake. And uh, stay with us. Hey, if you're like a lot of people, you're probably relieved that the holiday celebrations are over. But there's one thing that might stay with us from the holidays besides all those gifts. And that's COVID-19. Numbers from COVID are going up as we spend more time inside. And Native Americans are seeing even bigger case spikes. With all the indoor celebrations over the holidays, you may have unknowingly been exposed to someone with COVID-19. That's why it's important to stay vigilant. If you notice any symptoms like a fever, a tickle in the throat, or heavy fatigue, take an at-home test. They're still free and can be ordered at sayyeshometest.org. If you do test positive, you're eligible for free treatment, and no health insurance is required. Visit health.state.mn.us to connect with providers and receive your treatment. Let's make 2024 the healthiest year ever, securing a brighter future for our Native community. Hi, I'm Claudia with Minsure, Minnesota's official health insurance marketplace. With Minsure, you can compare health plans from multiple companies and get free help from a trusted expert. Whatever health plan you choose with Minsure, it's guaranteed to cover essential benefits so you can get the care you need. See if you qualify for discounts, available only through Minsure. If you need quality, comprehensive health insurance, get started now at Minsure.org. I'm Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan, and you are listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Native American Community Development Institute, or NACD, in Minneapolis. Yeah, bonjour, my real Hello, my relatives. Haley, thanks uh, for helping us here, and uh, thanks for uh, inviting me into guest host. I'm filling in. This is Robert Lilligran, citizen of the White Earth Ojibwe Nation. I am filling in for Robert Pilot, who's up doing some of this important stuff in the community and in the world. So uh, I'm honored to be here, and I will do my best to, to fill Robert's considerably uh, huge moccasins here. <laughs> and we have two guests with us today. The uh, first is Em Matson, who's here. She's the Communications Coordinator for the Native American Community Development Institute, or NACD. Uh, coming up after this is Carrie D. Ashpenwall, uh, a very well-known person within the community whose work is long and deep on behalf of our people. So we'll be talking with her next. And, and we're getting to know Em here, which is just really nice. And I'm still getting to know Em. She's only worked at NACD a very short time. And uh, we heard a little about M's past experiences in the community and what they envision their role to be at NACDI. And, and now maybe we can talk about uh, how M's journey and how they got here. And, you know, communications is such an interesting field, a varied field. Yeah. Um, at NACDI, we recently started <clears throat> what we call our storytelling team. Uh, and this has really galvanized our work and our ability to tell our work to the broader world and also the work in, within the community. And, and Em's going to play a key role in doing that. So, yeah, Em, welcome. Thanks again for being here. And mm -hmm. tell us how, how you got here, how you got <laughs> uh, where you are in the communications world, please. Yeah, uh, that's a really good question. I think everyone's journey is a little bit differently. Um, I've always kind of been a, a storyteller, someone who likes to focus on on that. I uh, also write in my my free time or as contract work, uh, and I've just found communications to be such a really expansive field. Mm -hmm. uh, when we talk about 
what I want to do at NACTI. I've brought up a couple times that I would love to move into mentoring someone, uh, young Indigenous people, or uh, honestly, anyone of any age in communications, because Mm -hmm. I found it opened so many doors. You can really find yourself in any field. Everyone needs communications. And uh, while I think my education was incredibly helpful for you know, practicing a lot of writing styles and and being able to have a lot of mentors in that way. I think any education level, anyone of any experience can jump into this field. And so um, I would really love to just see more folks, if if they're not sure what direction they want to go, just consider it because Uh, I mean, most teenagers understand the Instagram Mm -hmm. algorithm better than me of of 10 years of doing this, you know, just by nature. So uh, I think there's a lot of of ways for people to develop skills uh, and jump into this field. I just love your attitude here, Em, and your interest in transferring your skills and experience to other folks, mentoring and, and engaging them. And, it, and it's so, so much baked into the NACTI model, right? This transference of knowledge, transference of skill, capacity building. So I know you will have ample opportunity while you're at NACTI to do that mentoring and and as M knows, and Haley knows to a point, because she's familiar with our work, but we really emphasize capacity building at NACTI at the individual level, uh, even within our own staff, but at the community level as well. And, and I look forward to sort of building programs out of your interest um, in, in mentorship, because I've always felt that in our community, we would benefit if each and every a uh, community member could be a, a spokesperson for the community. And mm-hmm. and we've done some trainings to get folks sort of camera ready and things <laughs> so they can participate in interviews. We help facilitate media into the community and things. And, and I really see a role for you in that. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Em, I have a question for you. Where did you uh, where did you get your communications degree? Is that what you uh, got your degree in? Um, I got my degree from uh, Iowa State and uh, I got it in advertising and English. When Mm. I had first graduated, I thought I wanted to be, you know, in the ad world, doing all that stuff and thought about it for a long time. And it is such a competitive and cutthroat environment, and I am not that kind of person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but luckily, the training I got just w- works really well with a lot of different types of, of communication styles that aren't just focused on, you know, being in the advertising world, but rather just a, a variety of, there's so many different ways that we, we talk, whether it's on the radio or in a news article or via Facebook, you know? Yeah, I completely agree, too. And I just want to jump in and say I have a communications degree uh, from the University of Minnesota Twin Cities, and I didn't know what I wanted to do either. I wanted to do sports broadcasting. I filmed uh, a lot of hockey and basketball games for the Golden Gophers. And, you know, here I am on on the radio. And, (laughs) you know, there's just so many opportunities when you get a communications degree. And Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are like, oh, it's a liberal arts school and it's one of the easiest degrees. It's actually really hard uh, Mm -hmm. because there's so much to learn and there's a lot of ways to communicate and a lot of things that uh, a lot of outlets to do so yes and it's so transferable too it it really is the kind of knowledge that you can find yourself in in any position and find it useful I love that. I love that approach. Haley, great questions and comments. And I didn't know that about your background, Haley. So good to good to know. And and right now we're in such a great era of narrative change, right? Where mm-hmm. Native people are taking control of our narratives. The rest of the world seems to be listening a little more mm-hmm. than maybe they have in, in past decades. And so people like you, Haley, like you, M, are young people, young professionals are so critical in that narrative change work. So miigwech for for the work that you're doing. 
And then, and Emma, I just uh, wanted to tell, I know you do writing, you talked about your zine, mm -hmm. you talked about uh, enjoying writing. Is there, do you want to talk a little more about some of your writing projects that you're either sure. doing or have done or maybe interested in? Yeah, a lot of my writing, uh, we're about to get a little nerdy, is in the tabletop role-playing game space. Uh, if you're familiar with- kind of nerdy, but- yep. <laughs> <laughs> If you're familiar with like Dungeons and Dragons, oh, it- sure. I like to describe it as group storytelling. Um, there's a lot of really cool, interesting ways beyond just Dungeons and Dragons. One I worked on was called Coyote and Crow. It's mm. an entirely indigenous uh, role-playing game where you can sit down and, and tell stories together in this uh, world where Native people are the focus and Native thought and storytelling is crucial uh and it, it works a little bit differently in that way um and i just cool. find the space really fun because i think telling stories joking together exploring concepts in like new ways is is so exciting and it's a great way to bring people together especially in a day and age where it's it's um easy to just kind of isolate yourself mm -hmm. um i find that it's a really creative industry um, and I'm really excited about all the new diverse ways of, of telling stories that are starting to come out of it. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, do, do you write fiction as well? Poetry, things like that? I do. I write uh, poetry a little bit. Uh, I've submitted a couple poems to a few things. Um, and then I also do like contract work with, you know, uh, blogs or online articles, that sort of stuff as well. Fiction, I haven't, you know, put anything out there. I muddle in it, but we'll see if that anything comes to fruition with right. that. Well, you're young. There's plenty of time yet. <laughs> so, uh, and and also just so folks know about NACD, Native American Community Development Institute. Part of our models, we try to support these incredibly talented young Native professionals in other aspects of their life as well. So, really, just about everyone. Well, everyone who works at NACD has other things that they do. The, some are professional musicians, some are professional panel speakers, uh, but they everyone uh, has something else going on in their lives, and we support them to do that work as well, because then it makes them more well-rounded community members mm -hmm. and workers at NACD. That has been one of my favorite parts about uh joining NACD is the team is full of really smart, talented, and very kind individuals. So uh, I felt very welcome and very uh, impressed by the work everyone does. Oh, good to hear. That's so affirming. Thanks, Em. And one of the things that we were just talking about today is how much musical talent yes. we have in our staff. So we're thinking we might have to form a band. <laughs> and we actually do have professional musicians on our staff as well, but it sounds like everyone just about has some kind of musical talent. Yeah, we'll have to do a talent show sometime, open mic I, night. I would love that. I would love that. Uh, I think it would be really interesting. So uh, what has been, so at NACTI, I don't I know, Haley, you've been into our offices and we all kind of work in this one big space. It's very communal, very collaborative. So, uh, so Emma, I was just going to ask you, what has been your biggest surprise coming to NACDU? I think in regards to the, the space, like you were talking, it is yeah. truly a hub of, mm. you know, the cultural corridor. I run into people almost mm -hmm. every day <laughs> I that I know. That and I, yeah, it's really fun to be able to to catch up right when you're getting your morning coffee uh, or right. uh, have folks come in and, and chit chat during our meetings. It's really fun. Great. Yep. Our office is right off Powell Grounds Coffee Shop, a real community hub. So thanks for joining us, Emma. It's been fascinating. Uh, next, we'll be talking to Carrie Day Aspinwall, who has a lot to talk about, I'm sure. And so this is Robert Lilligren filling in for Robert Pilot. Yes, and you are listening to Native Roots Radio Network presents I'm Awake. Stay with us. We'll be right back after this break. As we age, it's important to invest in our health and to help protect it. Like the flu, COVID-19 is always changing. That's why it's important to stay up to date on your vaccines. By getting the flu and COVID-19 vaccines, you can renew your body's defenses and lower the risk of getting sick. 
Get your health boost and protect yourself against the flu and COVID-19. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. That's vaccines.gov. Signing up for $1 bus and train rides with the Transit Assistance Program, or TAP, is quick and easy. Do it straight from your computer or phone by uploading one of the pre-approved documents listed at metrotransit.org slash TAP, along with a copy of your ID. We'll mail you a go-to card with a full year of discounted rides. For questions or translation help, call 612-373-3333. 612-373-3333. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let let howl. Howl! J&S Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Unveil the captivating world of native photography at the Minneapolis Institute of Art. Their new exhibit, In Our Hands, Native Photography 1890 to Now, turns the camera around and puts native photographers in control, featuring hundreds of photographs captured by generations of First Nations, Métis, Inuit, and Native Americans. You'll view the world through their lens, revealing the beauty and complexity of indigenous heritage. Don't miss this incredible experience. Visit In Our Hands at the Minneapolis Institute of Art, now through January 14th. For more info, visit artsmia.org. When we heal from our traumas, when we face our fears, let go of our addictions, when we relearn our values, when we live our teachings, respecting our elders, cherishing and honoring our children, when we honor and take care of our spirit, there will be no room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Peace of mind shouldn't cost a fortune. We keep things simple at Schroman Law because we believe planning for your estate and end-of-life care shouldn't be stressful or expensive. Every client relationship starts with a free consultation so clients have the information they need before making important decisions. From there, we work closely with clients to ensure they are choosing the most efficient and cost-effective plans for their specific needs. Schedule a free consultation today at schromanlaw.com. That's S-C-H-R-O-M-E-N-Law.com. With a look at your AM 950 weather, I'm Patrick Lilia. Cloudy tonight with a low of 23, then a chance of snow Friday afternoon with a high of 33. Break out of that post-holiday funk with a delicious meal at an Eat Local Minnesota restaurant or cook something at home with an Eat Local Minnesota food purveyor. See the list of Eat Local Minnesota restaurants and food purveyors at eatlocalminnesota.com. Uh, Leonard Peltier, I am in uh, Coleman 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Yeah, Bujun Indianaganaduka. Hello, my relatives. I'm Robert Lilligren. I'm the president and CEO of the Native American Community Development Institute, or NACDI. I have the honor of filling in for Robert Pilot today as the guest host. Huge thanks, Chimigwich, to Haley for all of her support, supporting getting us here, and Chimigwich to M. Matson. She was an incredible guest during the first half of the show, and and I'm just getting to know her as a coworker, and I'm so impressed. And one of the things I love about my work at NACTI is that I get to spend time with these incredibly bright, talented, young Native professionals who are who are all going places. And I always make it a point during uh, people's onboarding at NACTI to, on their, to talk about their last days at NACTI, too. 
and you know this is part of their journey and my goal is that they when they leave NACTI they feel better prepared and supported uh, to move on to their next roles in in the world and so so it's always a thrill and on the second half of the program we have another thrilling guest and a very long-term friend of mine uh, like me she identifies as an urban indian here in the twin cities metro area she grew up right here in south minneapolis uh, around the Little Earth community. I've known Carrie for decades and I've known her in a number of roles uh, that she's uh, served within the community supporting our people and communities beyond just the Native community. But her work in the Native community, I think is always a little special. Broad, she's been very integral in the um, uh, constitutional uh, um, uh, drafting movement here in Minnesota. Maybe she can talk a little about that as well. Uh, we've worked together in a number of ways and in a number of capacities and on a number of projects. So it is my uh, huge honor and thrill to introduce to you Carrie Day Ashpenwall. Bonjour, Carrie. Bonjour. Good <laughs> evening, my relatives. Thank you for such a nice intro. Uh, yeah. I do love you. With the work that we've done and the journey that we've been on, it's just, you know, it just takes the, the strength of our relationships to get all of us down this path. And, and it's been quite a journey. It really has. Um, it has. So yeah, it's been uh, decades, maybe probably 30 years, something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, yeah, so uh, Bonjour, everyone. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. And yeah. and uh, 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 Beaver is my Anishinaabe uh, name given to me by my grandfather, John Sam of the Mille Lacs Band of Ojibwe. Uh, I'm an enrolled citizen of Dagasquajamekug, which is the Leech Lake Band of, of Ojibwe of the Minnesota Chippewa tribe. So, um, but I have resided in and around Gabicog, Cog, Minneapolis. I'm I'm a one-word warrior, so you gotta bear with me. <laughs> that's that's uh, I'm sticking to that. I'm a one-word warrior and I'm learning my language. Um so the city of Minneapolis. Um growing up right in the Phillips neighborhood, as as uh Robert said, uh in and around the Little Earth neighborhood, all those folks over there are my relatives, my sisters, my brothers, my cousins, all of it. Uh, my dad, when he needed to come and find me, when I finally needed to go home, because I wouldn't have to go home at Lillard. Right. I just go from house to house to house and do this homework, do it all. And then all of a sudden you could hear everybody going, Terry, your dad's here. <laughs> and you could see my dad's red truck going around Little Earth, come look for me. So, yeah, we've been in the neighborhood uh, all my life. I I've love served, that. And I've served my community all my life. Yes, you have. And for folks who might not be from Minnesota or Minneapolis, Little Earth is Little Earth of United Tribes. It's a very unique community, urban community. It's a HUD project-based Section 8 housing development that gives native preference right here in the city. So consequently, yeah, yeah. maybe 98, 99% of the residents there are native. And it's really the the hub of a... And, of our native community and it's what gives the whole area around the american indian cultural corridor it's a, a sustained native identity it's that strong residential presence oh completely and uh again it's it's uh 893 uh uh, uh places, apartments, places to live there, 893. I think we got 39 different tribes that are represented there. Uh, and so again, uh, I've committed myself, my life, my energy, my family, everything to the betterment of our people. Right. So, uh, go ahead. Yeah, thanks. So Gary, you're, I know you have, you have an independent consultant business now, and we've even partnered on several projects through that. But through the years, you played so many roles in the community. I, I think when I first met you, you were working for the city of Minneapolis. I was, yeah. Yeah, under the federally funded Weed and Seed Project, the idea to weed out bad things, crime, and to seed in good mm -hmm. things. And yeah. I was so, and that was probably 25 years ago or more. Oh, and, uh, gosh, I was yeah. so impressed with you. And so I don't know if you want to just talk a little about your journey or maybe some oh, of the yeah. different roles that you've played. Well, like I said, my dad, he 
put me right in the, you know, right in the truck with him and we would go uh, up and down Franklin Avenue. And I think, you know, I know for sure in my heart and in my spirit that uh, the things that I was learning while sitting next to my dad traveling up and down Franklin Avenue was what made me what I am today. The commitment that I have to our people and, and to making sure that we take care of one another. That was one thing at that time. Uh, Franklin Avenue was dotted with with bars and liquor stores. Mm -hmm. and my dad would drive up and down and he'd say, there's that family right there from Leech Lake. That's the dad. We need to go pick him up and get him some coffee. And he would take people to the chef cafe, get oh, the sure. coffee. And I'm sitting there, little girl, you know, watching my dad get these people, shag them off the street and get them back to their homes. We used to have uh, wives come to our back door. Joe hasn't been home for a couple of days. Hank, will you please go check and see if he's down there? You know, and so sure enough, we would, dad would pack me up again and we'd go down there. Christmas, Thanksgiving, all of that. My dad worked for a union, uh, truck driver's union. He actually worked for Jimmy Hoffa for a time. Oh, wow. Brought him to Leech Lake, took him fishing and hunting up on Leech Lake. But uh, Jimmy really liked my dad and he uh, let my dad take all kinds. We used to deliver Christmas boxes and Thanksgiving boxes uh, to all the Indians in, in all over the place. Yeah. I mean, we worked with Holy Rosary. And so again, that whole giving, taking care of and philanthropic uh, vein definitely came from my dad. Yeah. Uh, so I've served my community my entire career. Yeah. Uh, I graduated from high school early, age 17. It was too easy. <laughs> I, went to, <laughs> I went to South High and sat in the back because that's where all my friends were. But mm -hmm. then the work was done. And so I'm leaning over visiting. And pretty soon I had to get moved to the front of the class because too much visiting. And I just thought, this is too easy. So I graduated a whole year uh, before my class walked. Yeah. And good, my for dad, you. good for you. Yeah. My dad took me right over to Francis Fairbanks at the Indian Center. Well, that's where I was just going to go with this. Yeah. So folks listening in other places, Franklin Avenue, East Franklin Avenue, yeah. uh, is what we call the American Indian Cultural Corridor. It's a geography here in Minneapolis that's very strongly identified with Native people. And, and it's kind of a rare thing to see in an American city to have a real sec sector that's yeah. considered native and that's where Katie grew up and or Katie, yeah. that's where Carrie grew up. And, and then I was just going to bring up the American Indian Center, yeah. which is right there on the cultural quarter going through an amazing uh, transformation, huge investment right now. It's going to reopen uh, in May. Yeah. Can't wait. And yeah. there was a legendary, uh, elder and founder of the American Indian Center, Francis Fairbanks, who yep. of course we've lost and uh, she's an ancestor now, but I know that you found your way there and that Francis oh, really took you well, in, in hand and got you engaged in civic affairs. Oh, she, there was, yeah. Francis was a, a instrumental in, in my life quite a bit. And like I said, dad walked me right up there and he said, this girl can talk on the phone and she can type on the machines like that. He said, put her to work. He said, she'll work hard and she'll do good for you. And so I did. At age 17, I went in there. I couldn't get into college at that time because you had to be 18. And I oh. was going to go to St. Cloud State and they I couldn't go. I, my applications and everything were sitting there waiting for that next year to get me done and over there. But yeah, so I went to work for Franny. And in, in that, the rest of the rest of the aunties came in. Uh uh Shirley Stone I remember oh, her yeah. and and there was four or five others that mentored me and they said you know what you're going to go downtown you're going to go underneath the clock you know at and city at that hall time, here in Minneapolis yeah and hall. at that time going underneath the clock wasn't so good because that's where the jail was right and right. Uh, it still is it is it is and so <laughs> uh but they put me uptown and they said you go over there and you learn everything we're going to support you you go over there and you learn everything and you bring it home over here and you tell us what they say and i did mm -hmm. i was infamous for having my pen or my pencil and my pad taking down notes copious notes to bring back 
to those ladies because I did have to report back. I mean, they Ooh. were really adamant about knowing things and how did they react? What's the process? And so again, this opportunity to do uh, uh, the federal weed and seed program out of the department Department of Justice was just a natural uh, uh, opportunity uh, mm -hmm. during the time because again, we were as Indian people, we were trying to understand the in inside of the clock, if you would, mm -hmm. um, processes, policies, and all of that. And so Weed and Seed came up. You don't know how much grief I got about Weed and Seed. I mean, Carrie Day from the Phillips neighborhood, they're like, she's going to do what? Weed and what? You know, kind right. of a big joke right. for a really long time. But after the concept got going, the, they, the community embraced it. And we enjoyed so much benefit from that program. It was I, huge. I, it yeah. was huge. It was well resourced. We that, had a lot that, of that was during my time as a Minneapolis City Council member. You were a great partner, and the community benefits so much from people like you who can walk in both worlds, right? The community yeah. world and the sort of government world as well. So you're, you bring so much value to the community. So we're going to keep talking after we take this next break. We might talk about some current stuff yeah. that's going on right there on the on the cultural corridor. So Chimi Gwichkeri for joining us. This is Robert Lilligren. I'm filling in for Robert Pilot today. Yes, and we're with Carrie Day Aspinwall. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. Stay with us. As we pack away the ornaments and bid farewell to the holiday season, it's time to unwrap the gift that keeps on giving, getting protected by a COVID-19 vaccination. This is your chance to make a difference, especially as our Native communities face higher COVID numbers. Those higher numbers underscore the need for collective action. So answer the call and get vaccinated. The latest vaccines are not just authorized, but they're proven effective against the current variants. This is extra protection, even if you've already had previous vaccines, since previous vaccines will eventually wear off. Plus, the new shots are FDA approved for ages six months and up. A COVID vaccine is not just a shot. It's a pledge to safeguard the wisdom and stories handed down by our elders. So join the movement, get vaccinated, and make 2024 the healthiest year ever securing a brighter future for our Native community. For more information, including details about clinics offering free vaccines, visit vaccines.gov. Hi, I'm Claudia with Minsure, Minnesota's official health insurance marketplace. With Minsure, you can compare health plans from multiple companies and get free help from a trusted expert. Whatever health plan you choose with Minsure, it's guaranteed to cover essential benefits so you can get the care you need. See if you qualify for discounts available only through Minsure. If you need quality, comprehensive health insurance, get started now at Minsure.org. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hi, I'm Jane Fonda, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Oh! oh. Good one, Robert. <laughs> Thanks. I don't want to leave you hanging there, Haley. We should have prepped Carrie for that, so she would have known we were going to haul. Appreciate it. <laughs> Hello, my relatives. I'm Robert Lilligren. Uh, I'm the CEO of the Native American Community Development Institute of NACTI, and I'm here filling in for Robert Pilot, who is busy tonight. So, Miigwech for having me, Miigwech Haley for for supporting us, and and we're visiting now with Carrie Day Aspinwall, and she's been telling us some of the stories of how she got sort of established and started in her brilliant career, and and I could talk for an hour about all the stuff that that Carrie does on behalf of the community. And, but I, uh, I want to get into some more conversation, but I will say this, 
and as someone who's had the privilege and honor to work directly with you so much, Carrie, that I just you're you're just this rare person who can really center her indigeneity, your native values, your native spirituality at the center of your work. And even if you're working within government or within these complicated sort of community projects or issues or or rewriting constitutions. You just really keep your native identity front and center. And I'm, I'm always so impressed with that. Good work, Carrie. Chimi Glitch, thank you so much. Yeah, it's it's been quite a road. I mean, from little old gal, age 17. Well, I was never a little old gal, but 17-year-old uh, <laughs> get thrown into, you know, uh, the under the direction of, uh, of these very strong aunties was just, amazing what an opportunity yeah. you know i i really appreciated each and every single one of them and loved them until the day they they moved on to the star back mm -hmm. to our star village and yep and you took full advantage of their mentorship their guidance yeah. several of your of these aunties were were excellent uh mentors and guides for me as oh. well franny shirley stone you mentioned yes. and they for me they could be pretty stern taskmasters oh, you boy, know Especially That's why I it, wrote everything down. <laughs> when I was on city council, if they didn't like a direction I was going or what they were hearing me say, they called me in and they set yep. me straight. Yep. You know, yep. That's right. I appreciate that of them. And I appreciated it so much. Well, and again, to get that kind of strong support helped move both of us, mm -hmm. you know, into these spaces and places where that where we really didn't, uh, we weren't welcome. And, right. and I guess I didn't feel like I belonged. Right, you know? right. But I, I was not going to let my ancestors down. I just wasn't going to do that. Or my people, because I had to take the bus every day and go through the neighborhood every single day and watch my people suffer. And right. so again, you know, that's where my strength comes from and, and uh, my desire to make things better for all of us, not just, the ones who can, you know, even get on the bus, but those that can't, right? You know, right. and yep. And and I think these these elders like uh, Franny Fairbanks and Shirley Stone, Marlene Hagemal, yes, our whole check auntie, they really understood that by promoting people like you or me or the thousands of others, yeah, that they helped mentor, they were amplifying their impact, right? Yeah, their yeah. impact, their way to benefit the community, and I just think that's such a good model, lifting well, each other up. Where we're at today. Look at what we've done to Franklin Avenue. Gosh, you mm -hmm. know, from a kid riding on next to my dad, watching our people suffer to today, where mm -hmm. we're we've got uh, our agencies are lined up there, ready to help our people, right. and, and again stand together, work together uh, to create solutions to some of our most challenging problems. Right. Right. Well, in. Speaking of the most challenging problems, and I don't know if you were down on that cultural corridor today or down on Franklin, but it, there's yeah. a feeling there, right? There's yeah. kind of a, a sad day or a difficult day, you know, an, a, nor, a really large uh, unsheltered uh, encampment of our unsheltered relatives. It's yeah. called Camp Ninukazi, and that was dismantled today. Mm. And uh, it's, you know, these, these camps are our occupations, right? They're very visible protests of the failed systems. This was almost exclusively native residents, our relatives living outdoors in, on city property. It was a camp, at, I think at its highest, it was probably a little over 200 people. Yeah. In this tiny little space, you know, but yeah. they were dismantled. They'd already set up camp now three blocks away. Down on 14th Avenue and 26th Street. What? So it's not like we're solving anything. No. We're just kind of moving no. on. But, the, uh, but this camp that they dismantled today, Ninukazi, was really uh, an attempt for Native people to care for relatives. They centered spirituality, a spirit fire ceremony, and, and, uh, and there were issues around it had really difficult impacts on the surrounding communities and things. Yeah, yeah. But it's Native well, folks trying to care for each other. Well, and that's what we're supposed to do. Right. That's what being good relatives are all about. Yes, right. we are. I, I mean, again, uh, if somebody presented themselves to our to any of our villages back historically, as long as you're you're good to want good to the people that take you in, you contribute. 
right. and you commit to the good of the whole community, right. stay. You know, and, and, I mean, there's a common saying, you know, we were never homeless before 1492. Right. Right. And right. One of the projects, and maybe we could talk just a little about this, Carrie, because yeah. it was just profound oh. and it had a profound impact on me. I know it had a profound impact on you. Yeah. Five years ago, at about this time, there was an enormous encampment, really the first big encampment oh, in Minneapolis. Yeah. And it was uh, on a little stretch of Minnesota Department of Transportation right away on a highway entrance ramp on this crappy little piece of property. There were some 200 tents, or maybe closer mm -hmm. to 300 tents, 200 yeah. people living there mm -hmm. outdoors. And uh, and it was a shocker. And yeah. it really, again, was an occupation. It was sort of a, a living protest. It was next mm -hmm. to a very, very busy state highway and our light rail uh, trains. And so yeah. tens of thousands of people a day went by this encampment, you know, teepees up and uh, and yeah. saw this. And mm -hmm. so for five minutes, they couldn't pretend it didn't really happen. Right, you know, right, it's right, like, right. It's in your face and you need to help us do something. Yep. And you and I had an excellent opportunity, and not since say excellent, but incredible yeah. opportunity to engage the communities mm -hmm. at the wall and in yep. uh, a special project to directly engage. That was one of the benefits of having 200 people together at the same yeah. time is you could you could engage with people. You could reach out to them and, and you did an excellent job. So maybe you want to talk about that project a little, please. Well, I, I my hats go off to, to your negotiation skills and your ability to be, uh, to bring capacity, like you said, to our to our uh, our community, the Bush Foundation, and how nimble mm -hmm. they were in in committing to helping us with this immediately, because mm -hmm. it's thirty below now. It's going to snow now, right. and so we walked in. I mean, under under this partnership, created programs. We fed everybody. We did culture. We brought medicine people in. We gave Indian names to both Dakota and Ojibwe people. There was you know, two uh, Dakota, Lakota medicine men, couple Ojibwe medicine people to help with people with ceremonies. They want their culture. They want right. to be good. And and uh, they just need some help and, and some direction. Right. And uh, I was looking at some of the clips today uh, where it really is difficult for those who are trying to help to maintain mm -hmm. that consistent relationship, which we know they need, that we need to stay connected to our relatives. Right. And, right. And well, and your work was incredible there, and thank you. Uh, it was your your spirit that led it, and and we learned some incredible things, oh. profound things, and and like you said, what our relatives who were living unsheltered and maybe struggling with opioid use were looking for was this spiritual, cultural kind of mm -hmm. healing. That was the keystone. Yeah. Of what they were looking for then housing then physical health mental health chemical health but it was this culture and spirituality piece that they needed first and foremost and and that was a profound lesson for me to learn i love the opportunity so, that you gave uh, gave and, and i'm so happy that we were able to do what we did at that time yeah so chimigwitch for everything you do chimigwitch for being here tonight sharing well we'll have to have you back sometime i need to tell you about been. what's going on now it's even bigger okay can't wait right. <laughs> we look forward to it thank you both so much for coming on tonight uh, you've been listening to native roots radio presents i'm awake we are still here we are the next generation we need to resist divest join a group run for office and free leonard peltier now <laughs>